Good day, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall with some intraday market commentary. Uh, gold's holding in there. Still got a little bit of green there uh, on the gold futures, which is trading at $1,953. Uh, silver, a little bit of a red. Potentially some consolidation happening here at 24, just over 24 bucks. Uh, we've talked about the need for some consolidation, if not a little bit of a healthy pullback in the precious metals. So we'll see how this plays out the rest of the week. Um, the miners per the GDX uh, also kind of seeing a sell-off, healthy consolidation uh, down a buck to 42.47 or two and a half percent on the GDX GDXJ. Similar to down about two and a half percent to about sixty dollars thirty cents. So we're actually going to take a step away from precious metals, although it has been quite the bull run for both gold, silver, and the miners and the explorers here in the last few weeks. We're going to take a step into the uranium sector uh, with a friend of ours from the Uranium Insider, Mr. Justin Hun. Justin, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here with you again. Uh, it was about a month ago, uh, maybe a little more than a month ago, where you were on and kind of gave us a rundown of where the uranium sector has been. Um, we talked a little bit about a supply shock. Uh, can you run us through the developments of the last month and maybe some of the main headlines that you've been sharing with your subscribers and industry friends about uh, the uranium sector this month? Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the supply story is really uh, where all the eyeballs are at right now in the industry. It's, it's really kind of the big story in the space. Um, <clears throat> just to briefly recap, uh, quite a bit of supply has been uh, taken offline due to COVID. There's been a mine closure at Cigar Lake in uh, northern Saskatchewan. That's Cameco's mine. It's the largest uranium mine in the world. Typically produces 18 million pounds a year. So one and a half million pounds per month has been offline since March. March 23rd, they took it off. And because um, Adamprom has halted their well field development in Kazakhstan since uh, the first week of April. And the way that their mining works is an ISR mine, which is a, the, a injection and extraction wells. So they, they drill a series of wells, inject sulfuric acid into uh, basically an ore body, an aquifer within an ore body and extract the uranium. And the decline rates are really, uh, really steep for ISR mining. So you have to consistently drill wells to expand into the deposit so basically they've been able to continue to produce from their existing wells but they haven't been able to do a whole lot of drilling if any over the past three months um, and actually we're now pushing into the fourth month here so we're expecting pretty substantial supply curtailments coming from kazakhstan in uh, the later part of this quarter and definitely in q4 and into the first half of next year and that's, you know, so these are the two largest producers in the world, and they're both having major supply shocks. Um, Cameco had a conference call this morning for their Q2 earnings, and uh, they kind of shocked the market in saying that they were going to bring Cigar Lake back online in September, which not many people were expecting, considering that having that mine offline is having a positive impact on the uranium price. And also the situation in northern Saskatchewan um, with having a kind of a resurgence of cases of COVID 
and sort of uh, speculation that they could run into some problems being an underground mine and having workers in close quarters and things like that. So we'll see how that goes, um, whether or not they do actually start uh, Cigar Lake back up in September. It's We're, we're going to have to wait and see. And if they run into any problems and at what rate they're going to be able to produce, if they can actually bring on a full workforce and have that full production, we just don't know. So as it stands, there's still a, a remaining supply shock. And uh, as of now, the uranium price is holding pretty steadily right around $33 a pound, just under, after peaking at about $35 a pound a couple months ago. And that's a very good sign because this is historically a slow period in the year for uranium. We don't usually see a lot of spot market action in the summer. Uh, utility fuel buyers typically kind of take some time off for the most part in the summer. And it's seasonally usually a low period for equities. And we've kind of been bucking that trend um, with an exception of today. We're seeing a bit of a sell-off today after the chemical call. But usually in the summertime, the equities take a breather uh, as well as the spot price. So seeing that spot price hold, seeing the equities rally is a very, very positive sign. And I see today is just kind of uh, a pullback on an uptrend. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, the spot price of uranium uh, on a weekly basis hasn't moved at all. It, is, it hasn't nudged. It's kind of been remarkable to see something not move <laughs> as a commodity. Yes, yes, true. Um, yeah, it's uh, it it. <laughs> It is a bit baffling when it just sits there. Um, you kind of just wonder, uh, does, does nobody actually need any uranium right now? But um, there's a lot of off-market action, and we've been hearing that, hearing whispers uh, throughout the industry that there are utilities um, that are looking for uranium, which is a po another positive sign, like I mentioned, that it's typically slow in the summertime. Um, mm. But uh, Grant Isaacs on the call this morning for Cameco mentioned that there were two larger utilities that put out RFPs or requests for proposal into the market uh, within the past two weeks. So they're basically putting a, putting a proposal out to the market saying we need X amount of pounds and, um, and then they get offers back from the market. So that's a really positive sign. Uh, the Cambico news this morning almost kind of came off as a double-edged sword, right? I mean, on one hand, Cambico wants to get that up and wants to get Cigar Lake up and running again. I mean, that's their business. But on the other hand, the market didn't necessarily appreciate it. It was a pretty big sell-off in their stock. It's true. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting situation. I, I don't exactly know how to call it. Um, I mean, it's either, it's either Grant Isaacs and Tim Gitzel um, from Cameco. Either they're just not being very careful with their words and their tone and not having a whole lot of tact in what they're saying. Um, I mean, they, they hold the cards in this market right now. I mean, they really can move the market however they damn well please. And uh, so either they're just kind of phoning it in on this call um, as far as their tone and their guidance, or they're being incredibly tactful and we don't exactly know why. Uh, one loose theory I can throw out there now, it's hard to believe that these guys are not smart and they're not acting in a way uh, w with intention, let's say, with the, with these calls. And they know that the entire industry, the utilities, that investors, that competitors, the, they're all listening to this call every three months. 
So one theory is um, that they know something that we don't, which they, which is probably true. Perhaps they know something regarding Kazatomprom. Perhaps they, because they have a JV in Kazakhstan, their Inkai mine in Kazakhstan, which is a monstrous ISR uh, mine that they get. I, I believe it's four to five million pounds a year from this mine, and that's just their share, their fifty percent share. Um, but there's also uh, uranium one, Orono, and uh, some Chinese companies have JVs with uh, Kazatomprom as well. So that production impact to Kazatomprom affects many, many different companies. So it's possible that Cameco can kind of uh, see the forest for the trees here. And it's possible that they may not think that they can access the pounds they need from the market in Q4 into Q1, in which case they would quote unquote need to bring cigar back online. That's one possibility. Um, Another possibility is they're just not guiding very well, and they're and, and they're trying to maybe play their book. If they can, um, if they can talk the market down a little bit here, perhaps that serves them in some way. Whether it comes to purchasing pounds at a slightly cheaper price, if we see the spot market fall, but the spot market action in the next week or two is really going to tell us a lot. Because if we see the spot market fall, then we know kind of their intention there. Um, mm-hmm. If we see it hold or perhaps even rise, then I think that they basically need Sakar back online, and and the in the spot market must be pretty thin to the point where they don't feel confident they can fulfill their contracts from purchasing out in the end of this year, beginning of next year. Therefore, let's bring that mine back online to whatever production level we can get it on. Uh, I, I didn't listen in on the uh, conference call, but just brushing through the press release, it almost seemed like they were flexing a little bit of muscle. And where they say we have the tools we need to deal with current uncertain environment. And so they go through all the cash they have on hand and their $1 billion undrawn credit facility. Right. Uh, so it basically means, you know, they have the capital to withstand any sort of, you know, hellstorm that might be coming their way through this. True. Yeah. Great point. They're in an excellent position with their balance sheet. Um, uh, they have. They also just won the CRA ta- uh, tax case in in Canada, uh, and they'll have. I, I'm forgetting the exact number, but I believe it's 300 million uh, plus cash eventually returned to them and a 400 million credit. Um, in addition to that, one billion dollar credit facility and their existing cash position, which is strong. So they're in a good place. But um, I mean, you also have to look at that they're a company. They're in. They're a for-profit company with public. They're publicly traded. They have shareholders, so they're not only looking at how can we move this market, but they're looking at their own bottom line. They're paying out eight to nine million dollars a month just to keep Cigar Lake in care and maintenance. That's not cheap. On top of that, they're buying uranium to fulfill under their contracts at a much higher price than they can produce it. So, for their own bottom line, assuming the uranium prices kind of maintain this level. It makes sense for them to produce it rather than buy it. Uh, so, so that that's also you know an influencing factor. But I think that the market is acting uh, is overreacting today to this conference call because it doesn't really change anything. The cigar pounds that will come online eventually when they do get back into production do not go into the spot market. They go specifically uh, into their uh, their own contract book and into their JVs. So I suppose some of their pounds, maybe like going to Orono, um, could hit the spot market, but not to any serious volume. Okay. Um, 
This is Mining Stock Daily. So obviously we talk a lot about the junior sector. So we've got just a couple more minutes, Justin. So uh, given some thinking and analysis in uh, junior exploration in the uranium sector, uh, what's what's out there that's been happening the last week or two that's uh, excited you? In the last week or two, um, not a whole lot in the exploration space in the last week or two. I think the biggest exploration story of the year has to be ISO Energy. Um, they they did some drilling last winter and hit just literally off the charts uranium mineralization uh, in the Athabasca Basin. And they are uh, majority owned by NextGen. <clears throat> and they've got just obviously a very skilled exploration team. I mean, we're talking grades that are that are just off the charts, like the Geiger counter that measures radioactivity literally was going off of the chart. <laughs> it's not just a term. It was... <laughs> It, they had they had some mineralization north of fifty percent uranium, which is just scary high. Um, the intersections weren't huge as far as the the length of the intersection, but they were substantial enough to absolutely move this stock and move the company. That's a junior that uh, has had a has had a great move this past month. Is actually they've moved up. I, I think it might be at this point one of the stronger, if not the strongest, year to date performing stocks in the sector. Um, and there's been a little bit of, uh, uh, exploration from, um, Appia energy. They're a junior and they're primarily right now, a, a rare earth story, but they do have a number of uranium properties and they've got the geologist that, that discovered the aero project for next gen James Sykes, who's super sharp. They've been doing a little bit of surface exploration. They're drilling at Alsace Lake, the rare earth property right now. But they've done a bit of surface exploration for uranium. They discovered some radioactive boulders on a couple of their properties. Um, so they're kind of poking around up there. But it's been a little bit slow on the exploration front, primarily because of COVID. Uh, uh, there, you know, just kind of observing some of the chatter online, it, there has been, you know, uh, little blurbs about people considering going back into uranium now that we're in a full-fledged uh, gold and silver bull market, and then uh, people expecting uranium to maybe do the same. Um, are you hearing the same sort of shatter? Do you feel that the things are in place for another uranium bull market if it hasn't started already? Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, definitely. The The lineup right now and the setup for this sector is, is just phenomenal. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised at how strong the uranium sector has been, honestly, because it's been a relatively quiet month besides speculation on any continuations of these supply shocks. Um, you know, the spot price hasn't really done anything for over a month. And uranium's been very, very strong. There's been good volume, especially in the large caps, which kind of means there's some institutional money sniffing around. And considering how strong gold and silver have been, I, I wouldn't have expected uranium to rally along with it. Um, I see a very high likelihood that there could be some profit-taking in the gold and silver space that go into uranium, especially once the trend really solidifies. Uh, this pullback probably shook some people out, but as this trend continues, I think we'll see a really nice rotation, not entirely out of precious metals. I think we're in a probably a multi-year bull market for precious metals as well. But uranium is going to be more of a speculation, and this is this is the first inning still, by far. Um, and I see this as probably a two to four year trade for uranium. And I think um, what an excellent entry that the sell off today has given. If nobody's in right now or a place to add, I did some buying this morning. Um, just a total gift. So, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's I, it's poised to really move. 
Um, I think the biggest threats to the sector for this year have to do with the broad market, probably. Um, I don't really know how the market's going to react to the presidential election. Um, I think if Trump is not reelected, it's almost guaranteed there will be a pretty heavy market sell-off that could be sustaining. And, you know, if it's anything resembling what happened in March, that liquidity crisis just took took the gas out of everything. But if Trump is reelected, we'll probably continue some kind of rally. Um, and there could be some volatility leading up to that. So that's probably the biggest threat to the sector. But for me, that's just a reason to hold some cash, not necessarily to stay out entirely. And I expect 2021 to be a very, very strong year for uranium. Justin, thank you so much for your time and I look forward to catching up with you again next month, if not sooner. It's my pleasure. I look forward to it, Trevor. Thanks a lot. Yeah, go check out the Uranium Insider, uraniuminsider.com. He does have a newsletter available as well. And uh, he's going to be joining us here on Mining Stock Daily more frequently. So take care, everybody. That's it from us today. We'll actually be back tomorrow morning with the news briefing out of the junior sector. Take care.